Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group, an Edison Energy Company. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined by my colleague Dan Vizi, who's our Energy Risk Manager. Now, Dan, you know, when I was talking with colleagues about the situation in the markets last year, extraordinary high record prices, but a very different start to the year now, thankfully. What's the current outlook in the markets? Well, Jeremy, yes, it's been a very interesting winter. We basically hit the peaks around late August last year. If I take some contracts, for instance, in the gas and power markets, kind of the summer 23 contract peaked at 845 pounds a megawatt for UK power. Summer 23 UK gas peaked at around 827 pence a therm back in August last year. We're now looking around 122 pounds a megawatt for for power for summer and 106 pence a therm for for gas. So we've really seen some falls in, in market prices over the last six months. The main reasons for this is we have been fortunate that the winter's been relatively mild. So this has lowered demand from that point of view, and that's allowed to keep storage levels at record highs for the time of year. At the moment for storage, we're looking around about 58% full on average across Europe, and that is a record high for the time of year. And it's around about 33% higher than the same time last year. So what that's allowed to do is that's allowed for risk premium Uh, to be removed from these contract prices. There was significant risk premium priced in back in August because there was significant fear around how cold the winter was going to be, whether we were going to actually have a shortage of uh, gas and power within the European markets and the UK market. And that's really been de-risked through the winter. As I say, weather's a key point. What we've also seen is a demand destruction. So high pricing has uh, discouraged some industrial users from actually producing their various products. And that's also led to a fall in demand. Uh, We've also seen high prices contribute to efficiency as well. So there is an element of demand that's been lost due to efficiency measures as businesses, domestic users start to react to, to high pricing. So that's been another key factor in lowering demand. On the supply side, we have seen record amounts of LNG cargoes arriving into the European and UK markets. So there's been some very low demand over this winter in the uh, Asian markets. So a lot of that spot LNG cargoes have been arriving in Europe, and that's allowed us to replace the, the pipe Russian gas that we've lost since the Russian invasion of Ukraine last February. So on the supply side, it's also been very good this winter period. There's not been any major outages, which has impacted supply. And all these factors have contributed to de-risking prices and that's why we've seen this huge fall in summer pricing for this summer but also for for next winter as well we've also got to bear in mind that these prices are still around about two to three times higher than the normal and when i say the normal i mean before the whole covid pandemic and the situation we've been in over the last 12 months with the energy crisis so that's the key factors to why we've got to these pricing levels today Indeed. And as you say, of these prices, everything's relative, of course. They're a great relief for consumers compared with what it looked like uh, we were facing a few months ago. But to anyone looking into Europe and the UK from the rest of the world, these are still very high prices, aren't they? If you were looking from the perspective of American consumers and the price of power and gas there, a fraction of the price we're paying in Europe. So there's still a competitiveness issue, which is impacting on industrial gas and power users but on the other hand you know the trend's in the right direction and we've been relatively lucky with the winter and is the prospects for security of gas imports over the coming months looking relatively benign would you say 
Yes, what we have at the moment is global competition for, for LNG. So as I said, Europe is relying on LNG to, to meet demand and has done since the, the significant reduction in Russian pipe flows. So at the moment, things are looking good on the LNG front. Demand still remains pretty low in Asia. If you take the likes of Japan, they've still got relatively high storage stocks themselves for the time of year. Uh, so they've not been calling on spot LNG cargoes. We take the likes of China, which is one of the biggest consumers of LNG. They've obviously had significant COVID restrictions back end of last year. They are starting to come out of that. COVID restrictions have been dropped and their economy is starting to open. But as things stand at the moment, their demand for, for LNG is still very low. Um, so that's still allowing LNG cargoes to arrive into Europe, which is uh, helping to keep our storage levels low. And we'll, once we're out of this winter period and start injecting into storage, we'll able to contribute to the injections as well. This is going to be one of the big risk factors moving forward, because if demand starts to rise in Asia, that could start to increase competitiveness for LNG cargoes. And we could start to see some of these LNG cargoes that we've relied on this winter actually going to Asia instead. And one of the points you did make, Jeremy, on US natural gas prices, yes, they're significantly lower than, than European and Asian prices. And the main reason for that is that the US is self-sufficient. So it has enough gas production to meet its own needs. And ultimately, it's exporting a significant amount of LNG to the European market but also to the Asian market as well. Indeed, and I guess, thank God for American uh, LNG. It's helped Europe out enormously in, in recent months. And I don't think how difficult the situation would have been without it. Uh, but the other part of the equation, of course, is power generation and capacity to generate. Uh, how are things looking there? Is the wind fleet holding up well? I, we've seen some stories as the cold end to the British winter is with us right now about warming contracts for the remaining coal-fired plants and so on. Are things still a little bit tight in the power market or does it look okay? Yeah, so in terms of uh, tightness on the power market, yes, we have seen some uh, backup coal generation called upon to deal with some cold weather at the end of winter. But in terms of actual pricing on the day ahead markets, it's barely reacted to this cold weather. And the reason for that is, as you say, we're getting close to the end of uh, winter. Uh, the supply situation on the gas side looks good. We do have the backup generation in the UK that National could secured uh, to help when things get tight. Uh, but we've also got to remember that this cold weather is, is having an impact on Northern Europe. It's not impacting Southern Europe as much. So unlike if we go back to 2018, when we had a similar weather pattern, uh, where we had extreme cold weather across the whole of Europe. The cold snap that we're experiencing at the end of winter this time, as I say, is only impacting in Northern Europe. We're still getting some good contributions in the UK from wind. We still have our nuclear fleet operating the capacity it can operate. Yes, we do have planned maintenance around, which is regular for nuclear. But equally, a lot of Europe is still good from a point of power generation. We do continue to see in France, so France is uh, historically a net exporter of electricity to the UK and surrounding countries. We know over the last two years they've had significant issues with their uh, nuclear reactors. They are the, the biggest producer of power through nuclear and they've also got the oldest fleet in Europe. So there has been some issues in France which has had an impact on, on power generation there. Again, I've talked about the gas side with, with demand destruction. We are obviously seeing that on the power side as well. So demand for, for actual power is also on the lower side compared to normal times. Right. And I suppose we should very briefly just talk about carbon, or at least mention the pricing. 
carbon pricing has been remarkably resilient, hasn't it, throughout this process? And record high carbon prices are still with us, I gather. Yeah, so we've seen the European carbon price, which is the benchmark. Yep, UK has its own trading system now, but we have seen the European prices reach the 100 euros a tonne briefly last week. We're now seeing it test that, that level again. So yes, we are seeing carbon prices increase. 100 euros a tonne is a big technical resistant level, but also a psychological resistant level. Uh, so if we do see it breach that level and hold, we could see carbon prices shooting up even further. And ultimately, that will have an impact on, on the cost generators for of electricity to have to pay to, to produce that electricity. Sure. And, and lastly, uh, briefly, just uh, what would the, the sort of key factors be that you would highlight as being uh, risks for the immediate future? So I've touched on one. Um, so the LNG potentially um, going to the Asian market as opposed to Europe. Uh, particularly if uh, their demand starts to increase over there, there could be some very uh, big competition between Europe and uh, and Asia for LNG. So prices will have to react to enable to secure supply. Again, I briefly touched on it, the nuclear fleet in France. During springtime and summer, there is a heavy maintenance schedule on French nuclear reactors. So if any corrosion or further cracks are found during this regular maintenance, we could potentially see an impact on nuclear generation there. Um, which is a significant contribute to the uh, generation mix in Europe. We've also got to take into account Russia. We know that pipe Russian gas is at historic lows. There's only one remaining flows coming through the VK pipeline that runs through Ukraine into Europe, but the flows through that pipeline are very low. Uh, but one thing to take into account is that Russia is still contributing a significant amount of LNG to the European market. In fact, we're at record highs in the amount of uh, LNG Russia are providing to Europe. We're also, if we take February, Russia was the second biggest provider of LNG to Europe behind the, the US. Um, so there is a risk factor there over the coming months that if the war starts to escalate, um, that there could potentially be some uh, impacts on Russian LNG. Although I see it as a relatively low risk, the risk does remain. We've also got to take into account the weather in the summer. Although winter weather is obviously uh, much more significant because if it's cold, demand does increase quite rapidly. We also have to bear in mind that heat waves, droughts are not good, particularly for power generation. Um, so if you take the Nordics, for instance, there's a lot of hydro there. So droughts lower the, the amount of water in their reservoirs, which has an impact on how much they can generate from hydro sources. We've seen in Germany as well, last summer, the low river levels on the Rhine had an impact on coal barges getting up the Rhine to deliver coal to their power plants there. And also last summer we saw the impact of low river flows in France, which is used to all the nuclear reactors. So again, hot summers, dry summers, yep, yeah, could have a significant impact on power generation. And ultimately, if you can't use nuclear coal or hydro, the, the substitute is to use gas, which will increase the demand for gas. So I think that to be clear, yes, we saw a significant risk premium removed from forward contracts, um, but there is some risk that, that still remain as we go through the next 12 months or so. We're not yet out of the woods. Okay, well, that sounds like a good point on which to conclude. Things have improved, but the risk is still there, to, at least to some extent. Thanks, Dan, for taking us through all that. Look forward to catching up with you later in the month. If you enjoyed that and would like to find out more, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK, and listen out for our podcasts again soon.